When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I thought the guys did a great job. Had unbelievable energy. Um, I thought multiple times at during the game, we fed off of the crowd, which was spectacular. They tell me it was a record number of students that were here, and we had a sellout. So there were multiple times that our guys fed off of that. We made all it took was one good play, and then they got energized and juiced by the crowd. And so um, that was awesome. What about now? Better now? Loud and clear? There we go. You good now? Yeah, we're good now. It's so, it was a yeah, rain, leave right? Yeah, leave it up to me to screw it up, and I, I've ruined the show. No, it's uh, let's just start it all over. Okay, <laughs> you're on a you're on a different microphone from where Mark typically oh, is, and that's what screwed me up. So, it's but you my, sit in the same place. It's my fault. But you were on a different mic. I apologize. Oh, come on, rookie you know mistake. What? I'll try to be better. I will try to be better using a different microphone. Uh, that was Lamont Paris, by the way. The audio that you heard coming into the program. I, as you know, am not Mark Ryan. Mark Ryan um, is out today. So you have, you're stuck with me, Cole Bryson, but half of the show is still here. Diesel's in the house as I threw Diesel off to begin the show by using a different microphone. Apologize, Diesel. That was uh, not intentional. It was, it was kind of funny, though. That's okay. You know, when, when Diesel and Cole get together, you get this. Yeah, we're like calling it. it the Rolling Cole Rolling Show. Cole. I mean, that, that's pretty clever. <laughs> Rolling coal. You can't have the coal without the diesel. I like it. You know, it, that's a, a clever name to a show that I don't think is out there yet. So if you and I ever do a show together, Diesel, we already have the name. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling I mean, well, coal and coal aren't spelled the same. In the, ter- in the words of um, uh, the guy from the Green Mile, uh, it it's, sounds the same, but it's spelled different. It's spelt different. Yep. yep. C-O-A-L. Yep. But you, you, can, you can call me whichever you like. Probably, uh, probably, will answer to either one of them. A ton to get to today, Diesel. Good to be with you. Uh, glad that you have chosen to join us on the program. Wherever you're listening today, we sure do appreciate it. There has been a lot of news all day long today, from uh, NBA, from NFL to college basketball to high school realignment proposals that just um, got approved a couple of weeks ago, and the new realignments are out. I had uh, listeners of the program tweeting me all during the week asking for a high school football update with the new region realignments. You'll get that today on the program. They were just released moments before we went on air, so we'll have that for you. And when I say a loaded show, folks, I mean it, a loaded show coming up. 
We will talk to uh, Pete Yannity, a good friend of the program and of the station, good friend of mine, coming up at 3.15, 3.20 or so right here on the program to discuss the new high school football or, or the new high school realignments, uh, where your team is now in this new realignment. Uh, all five classifications, 1A through 5A, are out. They are very interesting. Uh, there's been some coaching changes as well as um, – Oh, the transfer portal in high school is alive and well. We'll talk to Pete Yannity about all of that coming up on the program. We'll also check in here in the, uh, in the first hour with David Newton of ESPN. David does a tremendous job covering the Carolina Panthers, even though the, the owner of the Panthers doesn't like calling on David to get questions in at the uh, – press conferences diesel we're still gonna have david yeah. on, <laughs> which is the height of it's the height of maturity <laughs> for david to keep going it's the height of immaturity for david tepper to <laughs> you know to box him out that was great wasn't it that was great you know I, that may be uh you know i didn't have that originally planned uh as one of the questions to ask david newton but i would love to hear the on-air answer to that i think his on-air off-the-cuff answer to uh, what happened with him and David Tepper. I think that'd be entertaining. Yeah, I would be. Uh, I would put that on my Twitter, my Twitter bio. Absolutely, that David Tepper won't call on me. <laughs> so a ton coming up on the program. I do want to start with this. Uh, last night, South Carolina not only defeated Kentucky Diesel, they uh, just absolutely dominated Kentucky from start to finish. It was an excellent game and an excellent performance uh, from the Gamecocks. And a win over Kentucky anytime is phenomenal, right? But the way that South Carolina dominated last night was spectacular. There was a poll on the Fan Up State Twitter account. If you haven't seen it yet, there it has caused a little bit of debate and discussion, uh, especially my phone. Uh, a few people have texted me weighing in on the debate. But uh, we put out on Twitter asking Gamecock fans where this win last night ranks, right? When you look at Gamecock basketball history, I think the better question to ask is where does this win rank in regular season history? Because you obviously have um, the the tournament games that South Carolina won when they were under Frank Martin and went on the tournament run. Those wins are obviously in a classification; uh, they're in a tier by themselves, right? And then you have wins over the reg- you know over the course of the past 10, 20 years in the regular season, big wins for the program. Um, but last night's win, in my opinion, and again, you can find this, uh, this tweet on Twitter at the fan upstate or on X, if you will, at the fan upstate, we put it out about four hours ago and, uh, it asked Gamecock fans where last night's win ranked. The options were top five, not even in the top 10. And lastly, the third option was big, but not historic. Who are these Gamecock fans trying to act like it's not a big deal? And diesel. 37% 37% of the votes right. said big, but not historic. You guys are lying to yourselves. Blew my mind. You don't rush the court for a game that's not a historic right. win. Right, and we'll get to that as well. But I'm not a I'm not a guy sitting here today saying this win is a top five win because that might be a little silly because they do have four wins uh, that are tournament wins. I, I get that. But considering uh, where this program has been and the, uh, the, the lows – that they experienced even last year, even last year under Lamont Paris and just a few years into his tenure at South Carolina for them to be playing this well and to beat Kentucky last night in the fashion that they did. Again, I'm not saying top five, but I do think it's 
right around that top 10 area because a win over Kentucky in general is big. But when you dominate them 79 to 62 in the fashion that South Carolina did last night, I think it's around that number 10 mark in terms of uh, where this program has been historically. It wasn't that long ago, Cole, when when Gamecock fans, a fair number of them, not all of them, yeah. I'm never going to lump you all in one basket, but when a fair number of Gamecock fans were very underwhelmed with the hiring of Lamont oh, Paris. No you know, I don't understand the – there's a crop of, of fans, and they exist at just about every major conference school, that if you're not hiring Rick Pitino – yeah, you're hiring a nobody. That's right, and you're 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 getting the wrong guy. Like y'all need to chill. Like there is only one Rick Pitino. There is one, only one <laughs> John <is>, Calipari. <laughs> there's only yeah. There's only a few of these guys out there. Okay, and it's pervasive among football fans. It's pervasive. It's just it's just something with all fans. I don't get it. Where if you're not hiring, to reference the movie Rudy Dan Devine from the Green Bay Packers, yeah. then you're hiring a bum. And, and y'all need to relax on that because if that's the case, you're never going to get new, fresh, innovative ideas yeah. in any sport because you're never willing to hire the guy who's going to bring that. And these are the people who also bitch and moan about retread coaches. Yeah. They hate the retreads, but they also hate the newbies. What do you guys want? So what does it rank for you, Diesel? Because for me, like I said a moment ago, it's around 10. I don't have, yeah. a, I don't have a 1 through 10 ranked. You know, in terms of South Carolina wins, where historically they right. they fall, but I I would say this is a a big enough win that it is historic. And to your point, I was absolutely shocked to see that thirty seven percent of people on our Twitter poll said it's big win, but it's not historic. Yeah, y'all are the ones leaning back in the chair, being like, mm, yeah, it's fun, but it's not really a big deal. Y'all are lying, That's first crazy. of all. Um, yeah, I mean, you could count, you certainly count those tournament wins as as top five wins. Maybe not every single one of them. Maybe not the opening round win. That's true. Um, regular season wins, it's certainly in the top five. Oh, yeah, regular season. Uh, no all doubt. time, I would – yeah, I'd say it's around that top ten mark. I mean, beating Kentucky anytime is a great win. Well, beating a ranked Kentucky in the top ten at home in that kind of environment, I think, I think what it represents, what it could lead to – is why it's such a big deal because it'll get you ranked probably. It will also uh, re-energize a huge number of fans who otherwise haven't been coming to a whole lot of games. We've been we've been sharing the uh, the uh, reports and the the tweets and things where the attendance the attendance was so bad they were inviting fans who had upper deck tickets to move down. That yeah. was this season. Yeah. That was this month, you guys. Yeah. So you have a massive win like this. I think it's it's insanely important for attendance over the next couple of weeks for the rest of the season. It then turns you back into a, an attractive basketball destination. You know, I get run, I get laughed off the air every time I say this, but I'm going to say it again. Feel free to come at me on the text line seven one three zero seven. Start your text with keyword fan. It's time for South Carolina fans to admit it and adopt it and go full bore. You are a basketball school. Yeah. Be a basketball school. Stop trying to be a football school because you're not. Because you're in the toughest conference in America to be a football school. Well, these go are, full bore into basketball. You're right. However, the SEC has probably become the toughest in basketball. Oh, so true. Too. Um, so they are uh, not only in the toughest for football. By the way, you can get your thoughts in on the text line. Text line open seven one three zero seven. Start your message with fan. 71307. Start your text with the word fan, F A N. Get your thoughts in there. Diesel will have those. I agree with you, Diesel. It is time 
for them to recognize that they are a, a very elite talent because of what Lamont Paris has done. But you're also right in the sense that there were a lot of people, including friends of mine who are South Carolina fans, who were not happy about the Lamont Paris hire just over a couple of years ago. We got a text here that says, the people that say that's, that win wasn't historic are either being edgelords or they don't know ball. So saith Mongo. You know what Mongo also saith? Uh-uh. That was buffoonery. That was complete and total buffoonery. <laughs> right on both counts. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. It, it, again, we've had about nine votes come in since we've been talking about it on Twitter. Uh, but for 37% of the people to say it's big but not historic. Guys, what are we looking at? Are you kidding me? I mean, Kentucky, not only that, and we're, we're going to take an early break here in a minute um, because we have a lot to get to, but Guys, you had the nation's attention last night. Like, if you were on social media, Dick Vitale was taking videos at his house. Yeah. The, the announcers that called the game said they did not expect, you know, the national, the national, uh, the national broadcast said they didn't expect it to be as raucous as an environment as it was. Here's a prime example of that, Cole. My, my team pulled off an historic win earlier this season, beating yeah. Auburn at home in Boone. No one was talking about that game before the game because everyone assumed Auburn was going to come in and wipe the floor with us and move on to a good season. So we didn't have any of that hype. The, 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 the hype after the game was much, much muted compared to probably what it should have been. Also, Auburn, I don't think, was ranked at the time. But South Carolina, you had all the attention on you. Everyone was talking about this game, yeah. and you damn delivered you when you really needed to. That's why it's so crucial. And like I said, not only did you deliver, you didn't go out there and, and hit a, a buzzer beater at the end and yeah. the fans stormed the court. It's you, like getting college game day yeah. and and delivering and winning the game by 21 points over a top 10 yeah, team on dominated. game day. And, you know, that game in the first quarter, I know it was 21-16 or whatever, that game after that was never close. They dominated from start to finish, and uh, they should be proud of it. Uh, by the way, for the 37% of you who voted on the Twitter poll, I hate to tell you, but you're wrong. It was a historic win last night. Maybe not top five, but it's truly a historic win in the fashion that they dominated and the and the way the program's heading, the, traject- the trajectory that Lamont Paris um, has this program heading. It's a huge, huge win last night for South Carolina, and hopefully they don't do what South Carolina has done in the past in years and other sports and uh, pull an, uh, lay an egg, if you will, on Saturday or whenever they play again. Hopefully they can continue this because they do. Lamont Paris has recaptured that fan base. Just look at what happened last night in terms of the turnout. It was unreal. All right, we're going to take an early break. Pete Yannity joins us on the other side. The South Carolina High School League, right before we went on the air, uh, released its realignments for every single classification, 1A through 5A, the new regions, the new alignments, where is your team, as well as any other off-season high school football updates we need to catch up on. We'll talk to Pete Yannity of WSPA next. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. 
coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We're back with you on Offsides with Mark Ryan, except for Mark Ryan's out today. You have me filling in, pinch hitting, if you will. Cole Bryson, glad to be with you. Diesel in the house, as always. And we are always excited about bringing on good friend of the program, good friend of the Saturday Scrambles during the fall. It is Pete Yannity of WSPA. Uh, Pete, it is good to talk to you. I just wish, Pete, there was something to talk about. You know, in the high school football landscape, I wish there was a, a little bit of meat on the bone, if you will, uh, because there is just nothing to talk about today. It seems. No, I'm kidding. Uh, a ton to get to. Thanks for coming on, Pete. How are you, man? Doing just fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, if only there was just a, a small hornet in the nest to stir things up a little bit. No but, doubt. Uh, and again, we say high school football. It's the whole high school landscape that has been jolted and jilted. Really now, that a conversation began about 15 years ago is to the point we've arrived at. It's the whole high school landscape that's affected. But I think that if you peel back the, uh, the layers of the onion, you see that football was a a centerpiece, a primary part of the the whole discussion as to why we've arrived at where we are. Yes, and, and thank you for, for saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. I apologize if I um, said just football. You're right. It is for the whole entire high school football landscape. However, Pete, before we get there, I want to hear your thoughts on something that uh, for a few months and uh, for a few months now, you and I have uh, kind of gone back and forth and talked about uh, since, you know, several years back when Greg Porter uh, three, four, five years ago uh, was at going to Greenville. Before that happened, there was interest between him and Lawrence. Uh, fast forward three to five, maybe six years later, and he finally does end up at Lawrence as the head coach. As you reported the other day, Pete, it was official, and uh, Greg Porter will now be the new football coach at Lawrence High School, leaving Greenville uh, with, a, with a job opening for a head football coach. Your instant reaction when you saw that? When I first found out, you know, a while back, like it, it kind of became aware for folks that run in the circles you and I do that that was something that could happen. You know, my first thought was, wow. And so my first question to him way back then was why. And he lives in Lawrence County. 
pretty much moved there when he was coaching at Hillcrest, because as folks may know, the Golden Strip, uh, you know, goes right up against uh, Lawrence uh, County. In fact, there are parts of Lawrence County that are further north than there are that part of Greenville County. But um, so he's lived, he's lived now for several years, about 10 minutes from Lawrence High. He's at a point in his career where he felt like he wanted a little bit closer to where he worked. Uh, but then from the football and professional side of it, he did an amazing job at Greenville, obviously. Been, he was there for five years. Four of those five years were essentially full seasons, and he won 10 go- games in each of those full seasons. Took Greenville High as far as it had gone in 100 years, in 100 years, when they made essentially 100 years, when they made their run two years ago to the upper state final uh, in 4A. That was as far as the program had gone since, like, 1929 or something. Um decided that he wanted to take on a new challenge that was closer to where he lives. You look at the, you know, it's his fourth head coaching job in the area. The two of the previous three were rebuilt. Southside, you know, he went in there and in the second year won seven games, which was a good achievement. Uh, one of the highest win totals they've had, the most they've ever had was nine, uh, about a decade after that when uh, Jeremy West was there uh, briefly as their head coach. But, uh he got that going after two years, took the Hillcrest job, won two games his first year, slowly built it. Next thing you know, they won 11 games one year and, and a playoff game. And then the next thing you know, they're winning the Big 16 title. Uh, they were the last team to beat Dutch Fork in a state title game before Dutch Fork began its run of five in a row. And so uh, gets the Greenville job off of that. Would you say, why did he go from uh, what was going to be a 5-8 down to a 4-8? Well, now he's going from a uh, – what is a school moving up to a 5A down to a 4A? I don't think this, in this case, has anything to do with it. I just think that this was the opportunity. Very long answer to a short question, but proximity to where he lives and a new challenge are two primary reasons that he has given during the whole process. Now that he's gone uh, from Greenville, Pete, where do you rank Greenville in terms of uh, being a popular job? Yeah, Greenville's been very good for very long. Um, a lot of guys had come in there and had success. Again, he took it to another level. It's obvious. But a lot of guys had gone there, and every year they'd win eight or nine and then lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. I think it's always been a very good job. Uh, even though the stadium's not on campus, it's a beautiful facility. It's, you know, more than they need uh, attendance-wise, but they have been able to fill it up at times. It's a heck of an atmosphere. I think it's a very good job. I think it's a very interesting uh, location being right there, you know, on the cusp of a burgeoning city. Um, you know, they've, they've had great athletes come through there, great coaches. Uh, well, you look at the roster of Clemson or South Carolina over the years, see a bunch of Greenville High guys in football. Um, I think it's a very good job. I think they've got a, they've done a nice uh, job with the school as they renovated it several years ago. So I think it'll be an attractive job for a lot of folks. Before Greg Porter was there, David Crane came in and eventually got it to double figures and wins. He did a really good job there. And he left, interestingly, the previous head coach who left, left as much for kind of personal logistics reasons. David Crane left so he could go home and coach his alma mater, Seneca. Um, but others who've been in there, from Jim Sosby to Phil Magdick to Larry Frost and other guys, uh, have done a very solid job there. So I think it'll still rate as a pretty good job. Absolutely. I do agree. I, I think it uh, obviously helps now that he was there and proved that he could win there as well. We're talking to Pete Yannity of WSPA right here on Offsides on the Fan Upstate. Cole Bryson and Diesel with you this afternoon. Pete, when you look at the new realignment, 
I mean, man, we could spend uh, two hours or so uh, talking about this, but there is a lot to get to. We'll start with 5A. When you look at 5A, there were rumors of Gaffney obviously going to a different region as we were used to just a few years ago when they were over there with Nation Ford and those guys. But the Region 2, uh, 5A, that we cover the most and uh, is most talked about consists of Bowling Springs, Dorman, Gaffney Burns, Eastside, Riverside, Spartanburg, and Wade Hampton. So it's the same region from last year, except you add Eastside, you add Riverside, and you add Wade Hampton. Pete, my immediate reaction is in football, obviously this applies for all sports, but in football, man, you got to kind of feel sorry for Eastside and Wade Hampton. Obviously, Riverside uh, trending upwards, but for Wade Hampton and Eastside, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough road to hoe. Yeah, quite a welcome back to 5A for Wade Hampton and Riverside and a welcome to 5A for Eastside. Uh, you know, and I think those well, – I'll tell you one thing. Eastside's probably got the best uh, wrestling program of that group, others would argue, but mm-hmm. they'll be a contender in wrestling and some other sports. It'll be tough in football, but you adapt and you adjust like anything else. And, you know, Greenville County is unique in the fact that it's uh, it's got some ability for kids to go to different schools. I know the attendance zone story is a whole different conversation, but uh, – you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, and Riverside is, you know, they've really done a nice job uh, turning things around with their program in recent years. I think Wade Hampton has now gotten in a good lane. And I think Andre Wolcock, uh, they did some good things this year turning things around at Eastside. I, 5A doesn't surprise me. And I, I don't know. Now, the next chapter in this is in the coming weeks, you'll have appeals and you'll potentially have executive committee and you'll potentially have appellate panel. So it could be about a month before we really know what the regions will firmly look like, especially in the lower classes. Just a thought though with Gaffney, because over the years, of course, they were in the legendary region for many years that included their Spartanburg County neighbors, plus uh, behemoths, uh, Rock Hill and Northwestern. And that eventually went away. And they have been classified over in Region 3 in the years. They'll still play. The Steelers flip their non-region and their region schedule, essentially. Um, and they'll always play Spartanburg. They'll always play Dormant. But it does mean more when it is a region game. It just seems to have more value to it when they're playing a Burns or a Spartanburg, Dormant, et cetera, with a region title on the line. So that's a thought on that. Um, but, it, frankly, from a selfish TV standpoint, it helps me when they're in a region with other area schools because <laughs> when they're not – I'm having to show what I call half a game. I only care about one school, and that happens in non-region. That's fine, but when you get later in the year, logistically, that can be uh, that can be pain. But that that means nothing literally to anybody but a uh, a doofus like myself. Hey, Pete, were you surprised at all that Abbeville won the appeal to go back down to one A? Mildly, I think. And again, look, let's let's give credit and uh, a bit of grace, if you will, to those in the front office of the high school league and then to the high school league itself, which again, you always have to remember when you're talking about the high school league, you're not talking about an office in Columbia, you're talking about the 200, whatever members around the state. Gaffney is the high school league. Spartanburg's the high school league. Abbeville's the high school league. Buford is the high school league. So and it's all about committees and it's all about classifications and panels and people getting together and discussing things and workshopping ideas. So these next two years will teach a lot. I would think it would be obvious and this idea can come from the league office, but more times than not, most of the things you see happen with the high school league come from one of the committees or whatever. But it might make sense moving forward the next time they do this in two years to evaluate per sport. Now you can look at a lot of other things, and from a travel standpoint, if Abbeville would remain 2A, 
you're dealing with some real long travel for a lot of their sports. But I think at some point we could get to a situation where maybe they say, okay, in Abbeville, they need to be playing 2A football, not only for their opponent's sake, but it just it, it makes 2A football better, and it might make them better. Not that they can be any better because they're an amazing program. I, I think maybe they need to start evaluating in the next reclassification on that, plus some of the other attendance zones questions that can be maybe identified in a different way for other schools of their size. Um, that being said, I, I, I just it's going to be, you know, I mean, what if it would be wry irony if Johnsonville comes out of a lower state again and they're fist pumping because they don't have to face Christchurch again, but they look across the field for a state title game and they got to face Abbeville. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I thought that I see Abbeville's argument. They're smaller than the top three schools in one A, but I think maybe it can be explored to look at it uh, to maybe move them to football. And you say, well, wait a minute, you know, that's kind of weird. There's a semi-precedent for that. In the old days when you had 4A on down to 1A and you had big 16, 4A Division One and 4A Division Two, you had teams that were 4A Division Two playing in the same regions as teams that were big 16. Now, I'm not saying you should have Abbeville play a 1A schedule then be in the 2A playoffs, but, you know, obviously, so – Back then, a Boiling Springs, a Union, a Chester were in with the other Spartanburg, big Spartanburg County schools and the two schools from Rock Hill. So those schools were Big 16. The others were playing for a spot in the 4A Division II playoffs. I'm not saying that Abbeville should play as a 1A school regular season, then jump up to 2A or whatever, but maybe there can be some kind of study where there's some schools identified that could, in a certain sport, play up, if you will. Pete Diesel here. Um, on this show, we make a, a pretty big deal when Mark is here about the fan interest of the Upstate being so heavily leaning towards college and high school sports, but not really so much on the highest level of pro sports. As somebody who's been intimately involved with college as the play-by-play voice of Clemson and now with your coverage of, of high school sports, I, I can't think of anybody as uniquely qualified as you to answer this question. Why do you think amateur college or semi-pro sports resonate so strongly in the upstate, but professional sports just don't outside of, well, pro teams here just aren't that good. Um, I think the Atlanta Braves, you can make an argument. The Braves are followed pretty religiously by a strong segment of the audience uh, in the upstate. The Panthers changed a lot of that dynamic when they first started in the mid nineties. So now we're dealing with a generation of those, essentially under 35-ish, because they were probably three or four when the Panthers were born, um, that will uh, that don't know life without an NFL team in the Carolinas. So that'll evolve over time. I think a lot of it goes back to you're brought up in a household, if you're brought up in a household with a bunch of USC fans or Clemson fans, or in some cases in another school, you're getting, and that's kind of been the main focus of the fandom of the generation up. That's kind of what you – so as a little kid, you were going to those games or, you know, you were intently watching them on TV. And the NFL games on a Sunday were kind of from a faraway place. Um, I think that that probably is part of a, a big part of the dynamic. I think we're blessed with – from the following of the high school standpoint, look, the dynamics and the demographics of our area and, and the size has changed quite a bit over the years, but you still have those – a lot of the core fiber of – even a, a doorman, which isn't the only school in its city, let's say, yeah, it's, a, it's in its district, whatever, but it still has a core of folks who 
um, graduated from there, maybe went away to college, but came back to live in the area. And their kids may be going to a dormant, let's say, to use that as an example. And you also still have a lot of um, one town, one school, and a lot of folks, you know, stay in those towns. They graduate high school and they remain in the town, either go to college, move back, or just stay in the town after high school. And uh, you still have a lot of that course. That speaks to the following the high schools. Because you go to a high school game in most places on a Friday, and you've got folks who don't have a child on the field, Mm -hmm. but they've got some loyalty or passion to that school or that town. So I think those speak to it. But as time goes on with an NFL team in this region, it'll probably have more of an impact as to where Sundays will become a more, you know, maybe not a more important day than than a football Saturday, but, but it'll kind of inch a little bit closer. But I think that's a lot of it has to do with, you know, coming up without those pro teams so close by until the Panthers moved in. And then from the Braves' standpoint, they've been good now. An entire generation only knows the Braves being good and being a World Series contender. Plus, obviously, a generation before them, that was a nightly TV show when cable and satellite first came out. And uh, and when Braves are really good, so it's fun to follow a really good team, and they're the closest team, and that's – you know, it all connects in to a lot of their fandom as well. But you got a lot of diehards that are watching if they were losing 100 anyway. Hey, Pete, before we let you go, Region 3, 3A, Broom, Chapman, Greer Middle College, Union County, Woodruff, and last but not least, uh, Mountain View Prep, MVP, if you will, yeah. over in Spartanburg, the new charter school. Yeah. Been a very hot topic of conversation. Your thoughts on seeing them in Region 3, 3A? I think that that, again, whereas you're – You've got privates and charters that have kind of been the focal point of why the competitive balance issue came about. And that's a charter school, and they seem very well-intentioned to be a great school and do great at all the things they do, both inside of their building and outside of it. And and how they grow is how they'll grow. Um, That could be a heck of a region if they get as competitive as they're they're capable of becoming. Uh, GMC in that region doesn't play uh, football. I think it's, it's Greer Middle College. That's, that's in right. That region, right? Yeah. Um, so the others will be a football thing. But, you know, I think those other schools, for the most part, uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I'm not looking at the list in front of me, but all of them have been competitive or remain competitive in football in some way. Um, you know, I think it'll be, you know, Mountain View is going to roll it out there and it will probably be a very competitive program. I thought this past year you had uh, a heck of a race with, I mean, it was clear that Broom and Chapman were the two best teams in, in in that region, Region 3 and 3A, and they're on a collision course. Um, and those schools are more than capable of remaining good. And a new one comes to the fray. Uh, I, you know, I only know what I know, and, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of conjecture you get from the schools in that region that aren't called Mountain View as time goes on. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of conjecture you get from Mountain View about uh, the brethren they're playing. But it, it could be one heck of a region. Pete, always appreciate you. Uh, a wealth of knowledge. Always enjoy talking to you. We'll do it again soon. And uh, can't wait for high school sports to continue to roll on. Basketball wrapping up shortly. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Always appreciate your time. Really enjoyed it, guys. Anytime. And best of luck. That's Pete Yannity of WSPA. Uh, just to tell you what, when you talk about the upstate and you have a question, whether it be high school related or uh, collegiately, Diesel, <laughs> you want to know an answer, and uh, Pete Yannity will give you the answer. He's he's that guy. He will. Uh, he's seen a thing or two around he, here. He definitely has. Always appreciate and uh, love having him on the program. And you know, we just scratched the surface, if you will, when it comes to the new realignments. Again, they just came out 
you know, right before we went on air. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reaction, obviously, with appeals being won a couple of weeks ago, teams like Abbeville being able to go back down to 1A. A lot to talk about. We may come back to it later on in the program as well. But next, we do, uh, Diesel, we do need to take it professionally. And joining us on the program, good friend of mine, always love talking to him. It is David Newton. You see him on Sundays on ESPN. He's uh, the Carolina Panthers beat reporter for ESPN. We'll talk to him next, and he will update you on where the Panthers stand with their next head coach. We'll talk to David Newton next right here on the Fan Up State. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. We're back with you rolling along in hour number one right here on the Fan Up State. Cole Bryson with you this afternoon. Diesel in the house as always. Good to have you along with us, however you may be listening on this rainy, uh, foggy afternoon here in upstate South Carolina. It's still a pleasure being with you. Uh, do want to bring in our very next guest of the program. He re- covers the Carolina Panthers for ESPN, and he is David Newton. David, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing wet and rainy here, just like you are there. <laughs> it doesn't sound like the weather's much different, but good day to stay inside and watch how the coaching search world revolves. It has been a little bit crazy today. The latest I saw, um, David, was that the Panthers today have interviewed the Buccaneers offensive coordinator for the second time, and Dave Canales, um, and obviously with Dan Morgan now as the GM, there's some history there in Seattle. Does this move, in your opinion, with Dan Morgan coming in recently, was this something that you could see happening? And uh, maybe when Dan Morgan did come in, you said, okay, well, they worked together in Seattle. Maybe this will be the next guy. 
I, I think it opened the door a little bit more, uh, but I think they already had him on the radar before then, and I still think they're going to wait and see what happens with Ben Johnson, um, getting a second interview with him and see what you know, kind of gauges interest because he's getting big interest from several teams, and, including Washington. And I, what I understand is maybe if Washington offers him, that's where he would go. So uh, regardless of who else offers him, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. But I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna see anything happen this week. But you never know in this world. David, could you give us one word to describe how you felt when you heard the news that Dan Morgan was was being elevated to that position? You know, you could say excited, confused, underwhelmed. How did you feel? I. I Solid. I felt it was a solid hire, a good hire. I mean, that's a lot of words more than you asked for, but I, I felt like that Dan brings to the organization what he was as a player um, and that energy, that grit, that um, the fire, the, the, he's smart. I mean, everything about Dan as a player um, has made him a good personnel guy and a good, a good uh, executive in the NFL. I mean, he was very passionate about everything he did. And, he wants to bring that type of, of person um, in as the head coach and as players to this organization. And I think having th- those type of people in that culture, you know, Dan, you know, he came in, he was one of, he was one in 15 his rookie year. So he knows what, you know, a season like this past one can be like. Um, so his first year here, what, two and 15. So uh, two years after his first year as a player, they were in the Super Bowl, And I'm not saying that's where they're going now, but I think, he made a lot of sense. He knows the roster. He, he knows the culture they want here. He, he knows uh, the league real well. He's respected around the league. And, and I think just from what I understand, I think he's going to be at least a guy that will uh, try to keep David Tepper at arm's length a little bit. David, do you feel like Carolina Panthers fans really believe they could get somebody like Ben Johnson? I don't know if they believe much of anything right now, to be honest. I mean, six straight losing seasons, um, you know, NFL worst season this year. Bryce Young so far has been a bust, but I still believe he's going to be a guy that's going to be special in this league. I still think he's got what it takes to, to be a franchise quarterback. So, But, but again, there's just no evidence that, that shows these fans that anything's going to change and it's going to be different. And I think a lot of that's because I think the fans have kind of lost uh, confidence and the ownership, and I think that's where where things have really got to change. I mean, from the times they've been to the Super Bowl and playoffs in the past, they've had strong leadership from the very top. And I mean, from the head coach to the owner to the general manager, and I don't think it's been that way for a while now. So uh, as hard as David Tepper's tried, he just has been really kind of spinning his wheels with some of the decisions he's made. So yeah, I. I can't blame them if they don't feel much hope out there, but I, I do think that there are still pieces out there that if you get the right guy in there, they can turn things around. It's been a probably the most common what-if question asked in sports over the past uh, 20 years. If C.J. Stroud was a Carolina Panther, would he have been as successful in Carolina? I want to turn this around for you, David. If If Bryce Young was a Houston Texan, would he have been able to do what C.J. Stroud did in Houston? First, I don't think Stroud would have done anything close to what he did at Houston if he'd have been with the Panthers. Just too many things were going in the wrong direction, starting with the offensive line. Um, would, would Bryce Young have been more successful? Would he have done what C.J. Stroud did? I can't promise that. 
but I think he would have been successful, and I think he would have had them in position to make the playoffs. They just had the right mix at offensive coordinator, head coach, offensive line, other weapons around him, defense, everything just seemed like it was more stable there for C.J. Stroud. And I, I think that, I mean, if you look at it, the Texans really, if they'd have had the top pick, they would have probably taken Bryce Young from everything everybody I've talked to. So uh, everybody kind of believed that Bryce Young was that rare guy, the guy that could be a dynamic quarterback in the league, be like a Patrick Mahomes-type player. Again, it, Patrick had the first year off while he was watching, observing, had time to grow and learn. Bryce was just thrown right into the fire and, and to a fire with a lot of missing pieces. So, yeah, I, neither one of them would have been the same had they been in different places. David, I love the tweet that you sent out about an hour ago. We're talking with David Newton of ESPN covering the Carolina Panthers. You said uh, on Twitter, on X, if you will, three stats that makes uh, the Bucks' offensive coordinator, Dave Canales in Charlotte, a really interesting candidate. You had Russell Wilson in 2020, Geno Smith in 22, and then obviously Baker Mayfield in 2023. They all had career years, uh, all had 4,000-plus 4, yards. Um, do you feel like that Canales is a guy that regardless of what the ownership does right now in Charlotte, you feel like that's a guy that could get this ship right back on track? I think he could. I mean, again, he's got a track record of it. I, I think most impressive to me is – what they got out of Baker Mayfield. You saw Baker Mayfield here last year, and he wasn't even close to the type player and or performer he was this, this season with Tampa Bay. So uh, I, I think the track record kind of speaks for itself. You look at the film, as, as Canales, I think, said one day on a uh, video from Tampa. So uh, what, what he's done with those guys and the uh, production, I mean, even Geno Smith, I mean, he really had not done anything to, to jump out and say, hey, he could be a franchise guy until those two were paired. So I think that does speak very well for him and what he could possibly do here. How much do you believe it burnt Dave Tepper's bacon to see C.J. Stroud and Baker Mayfield find playoff success this year and to see Steve Wilkes and D'Amico Ryan, so two players and two coaches he either had in the building or could have had in the building find success? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think, I mean, I don't think we'll ever hear somebody say that they made a mistake out of that organization, but I think obviously not going the direction of Steve Wilkes in hindsight was a mistake. I mean, he was a leader of men and a guy that had gotten the most out of that uh, team last year, talking about 2022, after he stepped in as the interim coach, and um, they they haven't really been the same since. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious the mistakes were made. Maybe I think that's going to be a humbling point to, to let Tepper step back and just hire the right people and let them do their job. David, always appreciate your time. Great insight. Uh, best of luck with the coaching search as it continues. And uh, we'll look forward to following along with you on Twitter and uh, social media to see uh, where this thing goes. Appreciate it. Hope your day dries up a little bit. Absolutely. Yours too. Uh, that is, once again, David Newton of ESPN covers the Carolina Panthers. You see him on Sunday morning. Uh, didn't didn't see him a lot this year toward the end of the year because there wasn't a whole lot of live look-ins at yeah. Bank of America. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there you know, a lot of ESPN games. Hosting hosting that Carolina <laughs> kickoff show on Classic Rock One One Point One. It really was every week, 
a a test to see how annoyed we thought Dave Tepper might be this week. Because, I mean, obviously we saw him with his blundering and blustering mistakes as we came down the stretch there. We saw him throw the drink on the Jacksonville fan, which still I, I can't fathom that, that what was it, $300,000 is all the league decided to throw at a guy when you've had other fans – Fans get banned for life from stadiums for doing exactly what this guy did. And to not hear a peep, not a peep from any other owner in the league, you know, admonishing Dave Tepper being like, you know what? This is not what an owner in this league should be. This is not how owners in this league should represent themselves. Uh, We are, you know, putting him on an informal reprimand among us, other owner among the ownership. And, uh, you know, in our opinion, you know, we have the power to vote this guy out. It's not, excuse me, it's not their opinion. We have the power to vote this guy out. And he needs to figure it out and change how he behaves in and around his football team. It blows me away that there's been zero accountability. And that's one of my big problems and always has been with the NFL. Zero accountability yeah. between the league, between its fans, between its players, between its ownership. We can see rich people behaving badly. And it's okay, we uh, as far as ownership goes. We can see fans behaving badly, and the hammer comes down on them. Yeah. So that's always been one of my players deep-seated, too. yeah, deep and, and yeah, players as well. It's, it's one of my deep-seated issues, and why I could never really connect with the NFL. Look, we see college players act out all the time, but you kind of you kind of give them a pass because you know they're they're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, but you shouldn't be given you know sixty-year-old billionaires a pass. For throwing drinks on people. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm not a, a Carolina Panthers fan, uh, but I thought it was good insight from David. Even if they were to hire the current OC, Tampa Bay, or even if it is Ben Johnson, which I don't think it will be, I don't think they have any business bringing Ben Johnson in. But um, you know, how, how much does it really mean? I mean, how much coaching is the coach actually going to be able to do, and not getting uh, told what to do from the owner? That's a tough situation. Anyways, anyways. Hour number two, up next right here on the Fan Up State. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.